Are you experiencing disconnection in your relationship? Do you feel like you're constantly struggling with the same unresolved issues? Are you having difficulty managing strong emotions? Or would you just like to know a little bit more about therapy? We've got you covered. Welcome back to Spilling the Therapy with therapist Kathy Dan Moore and grief coach Jess Lowe. Hey, Kathy Dan. Hello, Jess. How you doing? Hi. I'm doing good. I've been super tired this week. Like, just sleepy girl. Yeah. I don't know if it's because the weather has been like drizzly on and off, but I'm in like the sleepy girl week and I've got to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I hate to. that feeling of be, fe- like feeling like you have stuff that you have to do and you can't quite pull yourself yeah. Yeah. I have to give myself shots now. Yeah. So I went to the um doctor, to the lady doctor. Yeah. And um, and I who's a man. Um <laughs> but actually it was a lady and she seems to be gone and she just oh, left. Yeah. Like no phone call, no note. Oh um, wow. I think she's just taking a time off, um, uh, like a like an extended cool sabbatical or something <laughs> i don't even know but i was like no come back i love her her name is yeah Liz. she's an armp and she's amazing but anyways so i'm seeing the other doctor who i also like he did yeah. my hysterectomy um but i was in and i was like i'm just tired and i just you know weight gain that seems yeah. just like old things don't work and so they tested everything and like my b12 was so so low so i give myself injections um, yeah. at home for okay. B12. And then he also told me after all of my blood work that apparently I've already gone through menopause. Did I tell you that? No. Yes. I think Which, I'm going through it. <laughs> of course I wouldn't know because I had a hysterectomy like yeah, seven or eight years ago. Yeah. So right. How would we know? Right. Um, I just so know that no- I've been like sweaty. <laughs> a lot. So I feel like I'm going through it. I feel like you're way too young. But they told me that like, so I kept my ovaries, but they told me me that the blood, like I didn't regain that, like the blood flow correctly. So like it, they like shriveled up and like, are like little raisins in there. (laughs) (laughs) So I was on hormones forever, but I was just getting such bad side effects from them. So I definitely feel like I have moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, because it feels like an egg cracks on your head and it just like drizzles down and it's like hot and I'm like, oh, so maybe I need to go back to my doctor yes. and see if my B12's low. I feel like my B12's low. I used to get shots, but I would love to give them to myself. That'd make it so much easier. I know. I it did. Up there. Well, when I went, she was like, all right, I'm not good with needles or shots, even though I've been Ugh. giving Lily a shot once a week since she was like three for her arthritis, yeah. right? But it's still like traumatic. Um, it was traumatic doing it for her. I'm not a needle person. And I got in there and the nurse said, okay, so go ahead. You're going to hold it like this. I about had a panic attack when I thought I was like, oh no, you do it. And she goes, well, we need to make sure you know how to do it when you do it at home. I go, I'll watch really carefully. Please don't make me do it. I have a very loving husband at home. He'll do it. I can't do it. But now so so she did do it. Thank heavens. And then Doug did it. I think twice for me. And he just doesn't like doing that kind of stuff when it causes me pain. It makes him really yeah 
uncomfortable. So I just did. I started doing it. I'm really pretty proud of myself. <laughs> I don't trust Jason to stab me with a needle. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. He would do it wrong. The needle would bend. <laughs> there would be issues. Like <laughs> he would try really hard, but I just don't think it would work for me. <laughs> I'm glad you said the word trust. This is a yeah. perfect segue into what we're talking about today. I trust him with my life, just not needles. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Okay, so today we're we're going to talk about infidelity, even though we have talked about it before. We did an yeah. episode on different types of affairs, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm thinking maybe I should do some research, a little homework ahead of time, and be able to reference back to the number episode that when I reference things, but. Anyways, neither here nor there. I don't know what ep- number episode it was, but types of affairs um, was sort of covered already. But this week we thought we'd be uh, it'd be interesting to kind of talk about couples who recover from infidelity. Yeah. So a lot of couples, and I can certainly speak to this, experience infidelity um, a lot. And yeah. they're either unwilling or they're unable to do anything about it. And, and hey, like no shame in your game. I'm not saying right. if there's been infidelity, it's terrible for you to um, to end it. I, I'm not saying that right. at all, right? Um, I actually think there's a lot of shame put on people who have been cheated on who decide to work on it. I think um, so too. Yeah, which I hate that. But <clears throat> anyways, um, but, you know, it's it's okay, but there are people who resign themselves to the fact that the relationship will either continue on in a really fractured way or that it's going to end. Okay. Yeah. So, but there are couples that sort of find their way to a stronger relationship and betrayal really doesn't have to be the end of their relationship story. Mm-hmm. There are people who specialize in this. I know that we've talked about this a little bit before, but- uh, you know, State of Affairs is a book we've recommended. Yeah. Um, a, cu- a couple different books. We can re-recommend them at the mm-hmm. end. But so no matter how impossible, hopeless, or devastating the situation feels, and it does feel that way, uh, it, it is a trauma. But couples do get through this. And so as a matter of fact, I really feel very strongly about this. And Lee and I, who we've had on the podcast before, mm-hmm. I think we've had her on twice, yeah. um, are in the process of creating a course. We have a lot of the content. We just need to kind of tie it up in a pretty bow um, called the Infidelity Recovery Method, Betrayal to Renewal. So where we're sort of offering acknowledgement, validation, support, compassion, understanding, and providing really evidence-based strategies and tangible, concrete information and resources around this. So we, and we decided to create the program out of a tremendous need for a practical roadmap to guide yeah. couples through the difficult journey of recovery from betrayal to renewal. It's a tough, tough road. Healing from affairs or any form of intimacy betrayal is not the same as dealing with relationship problems. I mean, it's yeah. all, those are difficult too, but this is a whole other beast, right? Mm-hmm. So, and when an affair is disclosed in a relationship, whether it's by discovery or by confession, it sets that relationship into a complete tailspin. So it's truly a trauma and it can feel like 
the person is lost. Both people are lost. The relationship is lost, but you can't really race to the finish line. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Yeah. So we want people to know that after infidelity, relationships are never the same, but in some ways that's a good thing. Your Mm -hmm. first relationship is over. Over. This is the time. Yeah. Yeah. Over. Over. (laughs) This is the time where you choose to do the difficult work required to begin reimagining your second relationship with that person. Um, Each situation is unique and complex. However, there are a few things that are necessary for couples to successfully navigate recovery from affairs. Um, So one of them is recovery works when both people are committed to trying and Mm -hmm. we cannot emphasize this strongly enough. This is vital. This is the number one thing. If you're both not in it to, to repair this, it's not going to work. Right. Um, And then number two, complete transparency and honesty. This includes transparent resolution of the affair as well. Yeah. So on that one, (laughs) I always tell couples in the very first session when they come in and the priority and the main issue that's brought them in is infidelity is get it all out right now. We can make real strides and we can do quality work around how to heal this relationship. But if you're going to trickle truth, the this, it is going to be damn near impossible for me yeah. to kind of help you navigate this. So take the pain up front with being completely transparent because now all of it's on the table and we can start doing the work and it's real work. So yeah, that's a yeah. big key. And then also you talk about accountability for both partners a lot too. Yeah, we do. And I really like to say on that with accountability, we've talked about this before. You and I have talked about this before. Accountability sounds like, so um, you're a horrible person and you need to take accountability <laughs> for what you've done wrong. And I just want to reframe it. I tell my clients all the time, just it, the word is accounting in there. Yeah. Take account for what you did. Take mm-hmm. account for how you showed up and in different ways. It doesn't, this isn't a shame game, which is going to be what we talk about next week, but this isn't a shame game, right? This is how do you take account for your role? And we're saying that for both partners and you're like thinking, what do you mean? Both partners, one person cheated or whatever. But the thing is, it's a partnership. So there, you know, no one's perfect in a relationship. We're not blaming you for your husband cheating on you or your wife cheating on you, but take accountability for your part in that relationship. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And then also creating a shared vision of the future. Um, Yeah. Don't we feel lost when we don't really have a map of where we want to go? Yeah want it to look or what we're and I think that too I mean obviously I could go on about this topic forever so I'm gonna try to like rein it in but I think too is that sometimes it leads to infidelity when we haven't really spent enough time creating a shared vision with our partner about what we want in our lives and in our relationship yeah and your your vision that you thought you had together could change into something different in this new relationship that you're trying to navigate. So, yeah. um, And then also true investment in the success of the relationship by both partners and an understanding of how each person defines investment. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. How do you define being like cooperative? How do you define being transparent? That's a biggie. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't state that one enough, but yeah. So, and we want to explore some of the common misconceptions about infidelity. <laughs> so, which, which includes um, that people say that infidelity is always a sign that the cheater is unhappy in their relationship. And this really is not necessarily true. I'm not saying it's not true at times, but not like commensurate of all of these um, case scenarios. Is that true? Even happy people cheat. Yeah. No, I know lots of people who have been happy and still cheated. So yeah. Yeah, you can have both of those. It's that dialectics thing again, right? Absolutely. You can be happy in your relationship and you could cheat on your spouse. Yeah, there because you could fun. you could be thinking that your spouse might not be giving you one of the things, although you're not unhappy about it, but you're you're seeking it elsewhere. Right. Although you're getting all this other love and affection and you know, all the things. Right. So. Right. And um infidelity. It, people think infidelity is always sexual, so which is so not true. <laughs> I know someone that's like they had an emotional affair for years, never years, years, and it was all online. So yeah, they weren't having right. You know, um, it's just yeah, it's just not wild. correct. Not yeah. all infidelity involves sexual activity, emotional mm-hmm. cheating is considered infidelity. And we've talked about that the last time. So we could reference back Mm -hmm. to, if I knew the number of the podcast, I would tell you, insert number. Um, (laughs) There are so many. We're on episode 52, guys. Yay! (laughs) So another misconception is that infidelity always leads to the end of a relationship. So Mm -hmm. while many relationships do end due to infidelity, that's just not always the case. So keep, you know, some couples choose to work through the infidelity and repair the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I'm just thinking about, (laughs) I'm just thinking about someone that I know that thought about you know, trying to work through it. But again, we go back to, it has to be both people willing. And if the other person's not willing, um, then, you know, yeah, can't happen. So no. Um, and then how about the idea that only men cheat? (laughs) (laughs) Oh Lord. I know. I honestly know more (laughs) that have, that have done the cheating, honestly, just like, this is a really harmful stereotype. Mm -hmm. Women can and do cheat just as often as men. So, and then this one, if someone cheats once, they'll always cheat. And that is just absolutely false. So the, are there individuals who are serial cheaters? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. But some people make mistakes and they really learn from them. And I've seen mm-hmm. this with couples many, many, many times over. And I feel like I can tell. Like, I hope, like, I hope this isn't going to sound too, like, I don't know, um, <laughs> myself. I don't know the right word, but, but. I can tell, like I can get a feeling when somebody is truly so um, disappointed in themselves and mm-hmm. so vested in figuring out what was going on that this just the idea of ever cheating again and the near wreckage of their lives, they just would never, ever do it again. So it's not true right. that when people do it once, they'll continue to do it. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. 
And some valuable reminders that are, you know, just like in life, there is no absolute finish line. Um, we've talked about this in our relationship episode that the, the stages of the relationship, it's a constant work. You know, the relationship will only be healed through the effort that each person is putting in. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no one size fits all answer to this question. Generally speaking, the following are some key responsibilities that can help both partners in the path to recovery. So the person who has cheated should take full responsibility for their actions. Hard this stop. In- <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> punctuate responsibility. Exclamation This may involve admitting to the affair providing any necessary information, answering questions, expressing remorse, and committing to making changes to prevent future infidelity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then the partner who has been cheated on should take the necessary time and space to process their emotions without being pressured or rushed by that other partner. Um, and that's, you know, hard because I know that we have a lot of people um, that come in for, you know, for a fair recovery at the counseling group and the partner that's done the cheating is like, wanting to fix this, wanting to fix this, if they're mm-hmm. trying to stay in that relationship, but they have to give that partner that time to process. Um, and they get so, frustrated because I hear over yeah. and over again by the betrayer, like I've answered these questions already. And I was like, yeah, keep answering, answering it, them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this could, you know, include seeking therapy or counseling for the partner that was cheated on, um, mm-hmm. either individual or, you know, and of course right. couples, um, but setting boundaries, expressing their feelings and deciding whether they want to continue that relationship. Yeah. Both partners should be committed to honest and open communication with each other. This may involve setting time aside to talk, being willing to listen and validate each other's feelings and being willing to be vulnerable and share their own emotions. And I would say that it not only may involve setting time aside to talk, it it needs to. It has to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's sure. a priority. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then also both partners should be willing to work together to rebuild that trust in the relationship. This may involve setting clear expectations, being reliable and consistent, following through on commitments and being transparent and accountable back to the things you're talking at the very beginning of the episode. So there's those two, those two wonderful words again. Yeah. Transparent Transparent. and accountable. Yeah. (gasps) So, and when infidelity happens, the partner who is the betrayer, I Mm -hmm. And Anley and I, I mentioned that we were doing this podcast today. And so we were chatting a little bit yesterday yeah. about it. And she was saying, yes, what she said, I want you to punctuate this. <laughs> the betrayer almost always is saying, especially right on the heels of it. Let yeah. me fix this. Tell me what I need to do. Tell me what mm-hmm. I do to prove to you that I'm going to be faithful. You know, tell me what do you need from me? That is, you know, and it sounds great. It sounds like you're really invested. But a helpful way to look at this is to turn to the betrayer and ask them the real questions, Mm -hmm. which is, what do you need to do to fix the part of you that could step outside the boundary of this relationship and engage in these behaviors? Right? Yeah. Right. What do you need to do to address the part of you that ignored me and had zero compassion for me and my feelings? So, 
Because Oof. the the important, I know these are tough ones, right? But it's important mm-hmm. that we're not going to put all the onus on the per- person who's been betrayed to come up with the answers, yeah. right? And yeah. I just think that is like a very powerful way to frame it. And the people who are betrayers that are willing to dig into finding the answers to those questions, they have a lot of hope in how they're going to be able to navigate their way to what the next yeah. form of this relationship is going to look like, right? And I say yeah. it all the time. I'm going to say it all the time. Trust is lost in buckets and gained in droplets. This takes yeah. time. Or I can get that put on a t-shirt. That's what we should do. Yeah. Because that is true. That is true. Because we have like the spilling the Thera tea, the tea yeah. droplets on our logo. There are the tea droplets. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we work that. We're going to add that to the merch line. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and we will definitely link our previous episode on yeah. the fair to this at the bottom of the show notes, um, so you can easily track it to um, to that as well. A two banger, and, if you will. Yeah, and also on our website we have all of the books that we've spoken about and also in the previous episodes about affairs on our website as well. So those are there for anyone. Um, We haven't asked and answered. Yay. Okay. It's from Andrea in Monroe, Louisiana. Hi, Andrea. My son is in the third grade and has been a victim of bullying this year. His self-esteem has visibly changed and he dreads going to school. I hate this for him as he's always liked school. I've addressed the teachers and school staff to let them know what is going on, but he still comes home upset most days. How do I help him see how great of a kiddo he is and to help him know that the things these bullies say are not true? Any advice? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. So one of the, the longer I do EMDR, the more I see um, connective tissue between things that um, are targets for people, not to Mm -hmm. go too much into like how to do EMDR. We've talked about it before, but, um, and bullying pops up over and over again. Right. And I can't tell you, even when people aren't choosing the target of bullying, they might be choosing something else in their childhood. Once we start the bilateral stimulation and I stop it to check in, they've gone to a bullying incident. So I take this really, really seriously because I do think it's incredibly impactful in the development of kids. Bullying is tough when you're an adult, but when you're a child and your brain is still forming and you're trying to make sense of it, it's really impactful. So, I mean, I would continue to talk to the teachers and have meetings with the teachers to ask her to give you a little bit of, you know, fill in the picture of what's happening with these bullying behaviors so that you can get a better sense of it. Because his self-report, although I'm sure has some accuracy, is is probably missing some of what's going on that another adult might be able to pro- like offer you. But the other thing is there are um, therapists who are EMDR trained for kids. And I really suggest getting your kiddo in to see somebody like that because it will help him start to create an adaptive story around this ongoing trauma, right? And help change his self-limiting beliefs so that it will just um, arm him with some additional resiliency around it. So I would look at doing something like that. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I can say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. I think you've given her some great advice. Yeah. It's a rough one. That's it's hard. I mean, even just, I, I actually had a client earlier today who was talking about, 
just a kiddo that had been ended up switching schools, but had been really, really bullying one of her kiddos. And as moms, we both agree that you just want to go for the jugular, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, you feel so defensive of your child and we know, you know, from, um, a perspective like of, from an outside perspective, you know that something's going on with the bullier, right? Yeah, and that, that absolutely. I, and I, I can have empathy around that, but oh my gosh, as a parent, it is mm-hmm. just yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hang in there. Well, yeah. Hang in there. All right. Well, thank you to our listeners for joining us today. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This will help us move up the chart and be more accessible to new listeners. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We will drop tips and information about upcoming episodes. If you have a question for our Ask and Answered segment, email us at askus at spillingthetherapy.com. Don't forget to check out our website, spillingthetherapy.com, where we'll continue to add resources and information there as well. I hope everyone has a great weekend. We are your hosts, Kathy Dan Moore and Jess Lip. And join us next time. We are going to be discussing the difference between shame and guilt. We'll be breaking it down one sip at a time. The podcast you heard today is for educational purposes only and does not replace the advice you may be receiving from a licensed therapist. 